the last episode of Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, Hurt Your Ears. Today's broadcast will hurt your teeth. You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2. Thank you for joining us, dear listeners. This is Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, Nerd Noise Game Club. Today's broadcast is C2E7 for Theme Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Today's theme is a focus on happy and bouncy and dancey music on a program we're calling All Night Super Kawaii Dance Party. And as always, I'm joined by Hugh. How's it going today? Um, It's going okay. A little bit under the weather, you know, but um, I'll live. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really kind of a great irony here for as happy and bouncy and as uplifting and life-affirming as this episode is. Hugh and I are actually both sick today while we're recording. Yeah. First time in two years. That's a very long streak for me. That's good. That's good. We're recording on Sunday, April 10th. So by the time you guys hear this, hopefully we're not sick anymore. So yeah, I don't know if I have the cold or the Rona. I'm not going to get a test because it's not going to change how I treat it. And 
Yeah. Well, we know it's we know it's not coronavirus for us because we've tested ourselves like multiple times since we started getting sick. What what's going? We I'm pretty sure I know what we have. It's a uh, I have to think about the name human metanumavirus, which is actually less serious than it sounds. But it it's not serious unless you were like either super young or super old or just in super bad health. It's not one of those situations that has the risk of putting you in a hospital. But it's going to make you suffer while you have it. It kind of, it almost kind of manifests as like a miniature bronchitis or even a miniature COVID, which is why we tested ourselves over and over again, because we wanted to make sure it's not the Rona. But I could be as sure as anyone can be that we're not dealing with that this time. Yeah, yeah, I only ever had one test and it was because of a wedding I had to go to. I had no choice but to go to this thing. Okay. And the, uh, the groom in this particular wedding um, comes from a, a family that has a whole bunch of money. Okay. So they actually paid for like private nurses to administer tests before anyone could enter. Wow. Okay. You know, those things were about 25 bucks a pop and there's like 200 people. Mm -hmm. uh, plus whatever you pay the nurses. It was really one of the most bizarre things I've ever attended in my life. <laughs> well, hopefully it, hopefully it, uh, I mean, you know, it's them being safe. I the whole this whole time we've been dealing with COVID, my whole message has been let's try to be safe, right? You know, I've always wanted to err on the side of being too safe rather than not safe enough. And and I feel so bad because as we'll get to a little later, I actually have taken a few risks lately, but um again, so far so good as far as COVID is concerned. All right, well, let's talk about something happy, like our our theme this this episode. Yeah, so this is the first episode of Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2 that Hugh named. And and he actually didn't name it on purpose. He just called it All Night Super Kawaii Dance Party as like a way to describe it in our private conversations about it. And I said, that's right. it. That's the episode. So this is the first episode that Hugh named. Yeah. I'm bad at naming things. So yeah, yeah. you can ask my kids. Yeah, well, you've got you've got at least one under your belt now. So, <laughs> um, So what do you think of this track? I like it. Very bubbly, you know. Um, I don't know if I would... Like, the, the amount of danciness in the songs kind of uh, varies a bit. This is um, a little... At the beginning, definitely has a little bit of, like, a, a kind of boppy dance sound. And uh, the rest is a little little bit... I don't know, not going to say slower, but a little more relaxed. Okay, yeah, I agree. Well, so what they're... This game... You you haven't played any of the... Oh, we haven't announced it yet. This no. is a Lovely City from Lovely Planet on multiple platforms composed by Caleb Bowen. You've not played any of the Lovely Planet games? No, I have not. Okay. All right. So they're um, they're great, by the way. Uh, I love them a lot. Uh, the So if you think like a, a cute-em-up, like a shmup but cutesy, mm -hmm. well, yeah. think, take that principle and apply it to a first-person shooter. Okay. Like, I don't know what we call that, a first-person cuter? I don't know. I really don't know what yeah. we would call that, right? But um, so, and the graphics, the graphics are... Um, they're designed to kind of invoke like PS1 and Saturn era games. They're, you know, they're obviously much higher resolution. You could turn on things like anti-aliasing, which never would have happened in that era. But um, the design is supposed to invoke like fifth gen. And so the music is supposed to in invoke fifth gen. This is kind of supposed to sound like music from a Saturn or a PlayStation game. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was just noticing this in terms of episodes. This is the episode where I've played the least games. I'm just counting. I've only played four games in this episode. You know, that's a good question. Let me think. I've played this one. I played jump. I've played my uh, third one. My my uh, fifth one. 
Okay, all right. One, two, three, four. Out of seven, I've played four of the games. So this might actually be the yeah. one where I've played the most games. Yeah, yeah, I picked a lot of like unlocalized games. Okay. So that's part of the problem. Or at least a couple unlocalized games. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love how, I love this, this, this is a theme that we're going to try to keep going the entire episode. Uh, just this, this effervescent, this joyous letting loose, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, this should be the happiest episode we've ever done. Unless we take the conversation like in a really dark place, which would be, I think, juicily ironic if we did that. But, um, I love the little sound clips where they say, I want to love you. <laughs> you know, I love that. That's like, <clears throat> sorry. Um, <laughs> so as, as we, as we both almost, uh, choked to death, almost choked to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about this track or this game, except that it really takes me back to the, to the uh, mid nineties in the PlayStation and the Saturn. And that's just, that's just a wonderful feeling. Um, so let's go ahead and do top of the show business, uh, before we forget. All right. Uh, what do you, I, so I have quite a bit, so I want you to go first. What, what have you been doing oh, since last uh, time we met? When's the last time we recorded? Oh, it was, uh, February. January. It was January we recorded. Late January. We released in early February on my birthday. Okay, so it was January. So I posted a whole bunch of like... Uh, I. So in February, I did a bunch of uh, Genesis programming just because it's been a hobby of mine for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I posted this really cool article. I think it's cool. Maybe no one else does. About like how do you... How to simulate random number generation on the Genesis because there's, there's no actual way to do that. Okay. That's been one of my bigger uh, bigger projects um, is, is working on that in a demo that sort of relies on, you know, sort of pseudo random numbers. But that's I won't have this demo done till the end of the year at the earliest. I don't think knowing how much free time I have. So pseudo and, pseudo random number generation that would, would I'm thinking trying to think of what the applications would would that just be like for procedurally generated games? Yeah, for that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's. And, and it's not really that's not really what I'm I'm doing here, but, um, you know, when you look at like Genesis games that have random elements, I mean they're usually pretty small. I mean people think of like Fatal Labyrinth, which I I, I would probably not recommend people play. <laughs> um, but like you know, ran, think of like random encounters in RPGs, like how often you would do that or what enemy groups you would get attacked by, stuff like that. Okay. Okay, I really so it's it's sort of it, the the demo that I'm working on is not really an RPG. Um, I, I don't want to... Here's the problem. I, I hate, like, promising that I'm going to build something and then, like, what will happen is three months from now I'll be like, oh, this idea is terrible and I'll revamp it into something else. Okay. So that, that's kind of the way things work for me. I think... Um, I think it sounds like it's going to be great, so I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. What else? What have I been playing? It's hard to remember what I played earlier this year. I played through uh, the, like, last Uncharted game I haven't played because I really like that series. Surprisingly, never featured any song from there. Okay. On here. Well, then we gotta That's do something. That's a future about one that. to include. Um. So, obviously, we can't talk about this till the end of the episode, but we know what our next theme is going to be. But I think I know what the theme after that will be, and um, I think there will be some music in that in Uncharted that you can include in that. All right. So, um, what, what have you been up to? Well, as I said, a lot. Um. So the first thing there's a there's an omission from the previous episode and listeners of the show need to know that while we're recording 
my brain is really kind of only 80% available. You know, it's like 20% of it's mm -hmm. like the processor load for just recording. And so I'm inevitably am going to not say something I meant to say. <laughs> um, we were talking about the, um, the Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off the bat in Des Moines thing and how that happened here. Mm -hmm. And uh, how we were having, how I was having all these conversations outside the show at the same time about that, and there was a glaring omission. I actually remembered to include it in my conversations, but of course I didn't mention it in the show. The biggest name to come out of uh, Des Moines music, Slipknot. You know, big heavy metal band. Uh, yeah. Um, and actually, there's a story about that. I there was a local music venue called House of Bricks. It's closed now and local bands would perform. And my friend Chris, uh, those who listen to the show will know him as the Chris from Chandler Fest, uh, the one who died in 2017. He had, he was, he did a lot of music and most of it, the overwhelming majority of it was serious music, but he had this little gag thing on the side called Captain Violence. And Captain Violence would put on these gag shows at House of Bricks. And the front man of the, of the band, it wasn't Chris, a, a different guy, a front man, um, it just randomly, pointed the mic out into the audience and said, and what's your name, little boy? And the guy says, Corey Taylor. And like the whole room just freezes. <laughs> like he didn't even know it was Corey Taylor. He just like <laughs> randomly, randomly accosted Corey Taylor in the audience. Okay. <laughs> so well, they normally wear like masks or something, right? Don't they perform like with makeup or masks or something? Yeah, they wear masks, but Corey Taylor has a side. Well, everyone thinks of his side act. I guess it was actually first, but another act called Stone Sour where they perform without masks. Oh, I didn't realize that was the same band. Yeah, yeah, that's Corey Taylor. Um, so anyway, yeah, I have this. It, well, because you know, I'm I've been I was friends with Chris for forever, and actually, in the very earliest iteration of Captain Violence, long, long before this ever happened, I actually was a, a part of it. So um, <clears throat> I didn't stick around long, and I didn't contribute anything of real value, but I was a part of Captain Violence at one point. So. It was just weird that this happened. This intersection happened, um, and the the other the, the other omission from the last show, or a follow up rather, is I had mentioned how my grandpa was the lawyer of the families of the musicians of the day the music died crash, and I did a little more looking into that, and he, at the very very least, he was absolutely the lawyer for the family of the Big Bopper, and whether okay. he represented uh, whether he represented Buddy Holly and Richie Valens, I don't know, but still the connections there. Um. As far as what's going on now, the first thing I need to mention is uh, new mic. Who's this? I I I, uh, I I got a new mic. It's a Rode Pod mic. It's a dynamic mic. And this whole time I've been recording Nerd Noise Radio, I've been using an Audio Technica AT2020 condenser mic because I had been under the impression that condenser mics are what are typically used in radio and podcasting and all that stuff and, and was wrong. It's actually dynamic mics. Um, so I, I got the, and I always, you know, especially with channel one where I'm kind of going for that smooth radio affect. I always, I always felt like I was just, I was like 90% there, 99% there and just could never quite get it. And I think it's because I was using the wrong kind of mic this whole time. So, um, I'm going to sound a little bit different on nerd noise radio going forward. And no, it's not just that I'm sick, although I am sick. <laughs> <clears throat> case in point um i did finally succeed in securing a steam deck i don't have it yet it's uh it's it's on its way but i did successfully order a steam deck have you i know you were interested in the steam deck did you get one no i i gave them my five dollars to get on the list but so far there are no games in my library that are compatible with it 
Really? So I was viewing this as a way to like work through my, my Steam backlog. Keep in mind, my backlog, I, I, I host like retro podcasts and post a bunch of articles about like Genesis programming and game catalogs from the 90s, right? So I'm not really like, oh, I can't wait to play Fortnite on my Steam Deck. Um, most of my back catalog are 90s like FMV and RPGs, oh. like Zero's RPGs. So things that, like I gave up Windows a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So that means there's like a whole bunch of games I just haven't been able to play. Um, so my Steam Deck backlog is like a lot of, you know, Windows games from the late 90s and early zeros. And they might work. I don't know. The weird thing is most of them work on Proton on the desktop, but on Steam Deck, they're listed as, as incompatible. Editor's note, one of two. Apologies for the crappy mic. There was a little confusion during recording, I think, between doesn't work on Steam Deck and not confirmed to work on Steam Deck. Now that I have my deck and have had a chance to play around with it, the clear impression that I get is that a great many games not verified to work on the Steam Deck will work just fine on it with a little tweaking. In fact, even some of the games confirmed not to work actually work okay as well, as the Steam Deck Fallout 76 Facebook group demonstrates. Fallout 76, of course, is a red-listed game, a game allegedly confirmed not to work. But there is a whole community based around playing it. In short, the compatibility situation seems to be much better than what we were thinking while we were recording based on the information we had at the time. And with that, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Interesting. Because I know that most of the games that are Proton compatible are also Steam Deck compatible. I know there are some that aren't. And I know that some there are some that are but won't run gloriously, you know, but... Yeah. That's interesting that you have yourself in just the unique situation where uh, most of you're, you're so much more impacted mm -hmm. by that than most people. So, yeah. So uh, when I get my turn, I'm going to look at the list one more time before I decide whether to commit to buying this thing. Okay. Well, the thing is, if you decide not to go for it, it's going to be probably a long time before you get another chance. Uh, and well, that's that's fine. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I'm going to post uh, my video game backlog on my website, and you will see uh, that <laughs> I'm not in any danger of running out of games to play Okay. right now. Okay. Um, like a giant dork, I do keep a spreadsheet of my uh, game backlog. <laughs> I love it. I, I love that so much. That's so great. Um, well, so I won't, I won't go on and belabor the Steam Deck uh, right here, except I will say that... I can't remember last time I've been so excited about the launch of a system and I won't know until I have it and have spent some time with it, but I, I really do feel like it at least has a very good chance of becoming my number one system of kind of kicking the switch off that throne, you know, and becoming my number one system. Um, in fact, I'm so excited about it that I wrote my first blog, my first proper blog in like seven years. You know, because before the law, so uh, most people will know that, you know, Nerd Noise Radio Channel 1 debuted in January of 2017, but Nerd Noise Radio as an entity actually existed all the way back in January of 2013, where it started as a social media music aggregate, you know, and shortly thereafter that I started the blog and would actually, actually used to blog. Um, like I did this whole series about the different uh, Yamaha FM chips used in video gaming and, you know, things like, um, 
SN76489 real square wave versus YM21 or YM2612 FM fake square wave on the Sega Genesis. Really dorky stuff like that. Um, but after the podcast started, the blog kind of became just a podcast feed repeater. You know, the blog posts were basically just repeating the show uh, and giving other people a way to hear it. So it was really nice to actually dust off those those uh, blogging muscles to write this. But anyone who has any interest in the Steam Deck, I really do hope you'll go and check out that blog post and let me know what you think. Um, speaking of Linux, well, in the time since our last recording, I celebrated my two-year Linux versary. And uh, part of that was buying some swag, one of which I'm wearing now. The listeners won't be able to see it, but I'm wearing an Ubuntu Studio t-shirt. So I have a little stress ball uh, tux. <laughs> and I have another shirt that uh, it's a play on the Obey logo, but it says pseudo and it has a picture of tux, which I had to think about before I really got the real humor there because pseudo is basically telling your computer Obey. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> so that's great. Uh, the only other thing I want to say in the front of the show, and I'm going to force myself not to go on and on about this because I really could. Uh, I got to guest on Nintendo Main again recently, and, and it's because Trey Johnson of Nintendo Main and WART Radio just spent a week here in Des Moines. He, I, he was here filming a TV show. Now, I, I know some of the particulars about the show, but I'm not at liberty to divulge. Um but we hung out a lot. And we, I took him to Fong's. I took him to JCD and Hobby, Updown, uh, Jordan Creek, Zombie Burger, the Skywalk, the Skate Park, the Woman of Cheatham's Bridge, and so on and so forth, all these other places. And he had a really great time. Um, he walked away pretty impressed with the city. And he's from Chicago, you know, so um, I was really happy about that. We had a blast. We were, I don't, I don't think there's been as many days in a row where I've stayed up past midnight. Uh, but he's more of a night owl. So, you know, we were out till three in the morning a couple times and, and doing that kind of stuff. Had a great time. Um, there's a name that a lot of people in the VG, in the video game podcast scene will be familiar with. He's not a podcaster, but he's kind of one of those great lay community members. Uh, Eric Purcell, he's a Des Moiner. So he hung out with Trey and I, you know, for part of that. And, and, uh, I got to embarrass the hell out of him because I told him the first time I ever met Eric Purcell, I woke up handcuffed to a bed. And no, it's not, it doesn't, it sounds really dirty on purpose, but no, it was a completely innocent story. Um, uh, my, we just moved to a new neighborhood and I'm the older brother and the younger brother wanted to spend the night at a friend's house. And mom said, well, you can go if you take your brother. <laughs> and I didn't want to go and they didn't want me there. So, but I'm there kind of playing unwanted chaperone and, and uh, I made the mistake of falling asleep, and they—it's kind of the shaving cream on the face thing, except they literally handcuffed me to the headboard. They didn't do anything to me, you know. Nothing happened. It was just kind of a Beavis and Butthead moment where they stood over me and, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But the one story that is relevant to the show that I have to say from Trey's journey is he's never played a 32X before. So we spent like four hours playing Sega CD and 32X games, and one of the games we played was Mortal Kombat 2. And the game was messing up in the most amazingly weird ways. Like okay. the ga the game played okay, but you know the as, as you know the 32x adds a couple extra uh, channels, which they usually use for like samples and like voice clips and stuff, right? So the Mortal Kombat 2, a lot of the sound of the base sound effects are still Genesis, but a lot of the voice clips like finish him and all that stuff are 32x, right? And that's what was going bonkers. Like so, you know, instead of instead of round one. 
fight. It might be Jax, Katana, just playing the wrong sound samples over and over. I mean, it would sometimes get the right one, but a lot of times it was pulling the wrong... You know, you uppercut and it's supposed to be outstanding. It might be Baraka. <laughs> you know, just weird stuff like that. It was so wild. It just was happening over and over again. And, I, you know, actually, I'd be curious to get your opinion on what that was. It, I have, I have a, a theory, but it, I think you would be yours would be better. What do you think was happening there? I was pulling the wrong sample. So that would probably tell me that there is a pointer to a table with samples and that thing was off by one. Okay. Well, it was, it fluctuated. Sometimes it would pull the right sample. Yeah. That, that's still not inconsistent with my theory here. Okay. Well, you know, you hear about cor uh, corruption in old media, like floppy disks and sometimes even mm -hmm. CD-ROM. I've never, ever heard of that happening in a cartridge, but that's that's actually what my theory is. We have some sort of corruption going on. If it was only the audio lookups, I'm a little bit skeptical. I'll say, like, I have a Mortal Kombat 2 for 32X that occasionally crashes when I use it with the component cables. Okay. Which is really bizarre. It doesn't seem to happen on regular hardware. Okay. So, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could decompile the game and try and figure out what it's doing. But I, I, <laughs> I, got, I got some better things to worry about. I was going to say, that seems like that's way too much work for something. But it was just a fun... Ex just It just added to the fun of the experience to just have a good laugh every time, you know, the game said the wrong thing. No, I did look into it once because I wanted to do a ROM hack for Mortal Kombat 2 for 32X that makes Sub-Zero's moves work like the arcade. Okay. Because on Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, they they changed the way Sub-Zero's slide works so that it works with three-button controllers. Okay. Um, except then when you have a six-button controller, it keeps the three-button um, layout. For that move okay so i think that's everything i have i um what's your first track of the day oh that's a good question i um i'm, I'm picking one of those uh unlocalized games that i talked about which i'm gonna butcher the title of it is called um i wish i could just translate this to english um it, it's for the game idol hakaden and it is the ending staff role music so this is a one of those weird Famicom idol games. Um, I say weird because it's not like the kind of thing you'd ever see in America. Okay. And uh, this is this is uh, the staff role. Ending credits to the game.
All right, so the composer on this, it's credited as uh, Kiyohiro Sada and Tomu Misato. Uh, what I like about this song is I was listening to the soundtrack and it, it uses elements from like every other song in the game. So you kind of get to hear like the entire soundtrack all in one take. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it when end credits do that. And there was, um, gosh, that takes us all the way back to our first uh, beta before we ever were officially channeled to where you, uh, what was it? The last, the uh, what was the name of that game? The, uh, the last hero or something like that. The last, uh, it was not the last of us. It's, um, it was a Wii RPG. Oh, the last story. The last story. Uh, yes. Yeah. The last story. Yeah, so this is not your first time featuring smuggling an entire soundtrack into a, a track. Into a single song, yeah. yeah. The storyline of this game is pretty bonkers. It's like, your grandfather passes away, and his will says he will like leave his entire fortune to whichever one of his granddaughters becomes an idol singer first. Okay. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> so that's, that, the... <laughs> that's so bonkers. I... And you were, you were saying, um, you were saying that you picked this on purpose because you were trying to follow up on the heels of the, uh, uh, what was the name of that track from the fifth episode? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tokimeki High School. Uh, yeah, the, the, that was a Nobuomatsu, early Nobuomatsu track. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was looking into other games in the same genres because none of them ever get released and I was just curious about the soundtracks for them. And this one's very fun. I like this one a lot. This one's super fun. And it reminds me of the uh, opening theme from the game. I think the only difference is the opening one has like a clapping sample, like an audience cheering. Yeah. 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 It's really short too, though. Okay. This is actually like a full song. Okay. Yeah. This, this is, yeah, this, it, it goes in so many different places. Of course, it makes sense because it's an entire, it's a summary of an entire soundtrack. So yeah, I don't, I don't even see a ROM hack yet for this game to like localize it. So there's an opportunity for someone. Yeah. Anyone listening to this, uh, this is your call. Uh, so my next track is we're going to stay kind of chippy. We're going to go with the TurboGrafx-16. Um, it's going to be Evil Dante from Crater Maze. And I do not have the composer information in front of me. I will have that on the back end. So let's go ahead and give that a listen.
Okay, and that's Evil Dante from Crater Maze on the TurboGrafx-16, composed by Toshiaki Takamoto, Katsunori Takahashi, Takayuki Iwabuchi, and or Keita Hoshi. What do you think of this one? This is pretty, it's like, it's kind of frantic, you know? Mm -hmm. It kind of sounds like what would play, like, you know, when you're on those game shows and you stand in the air tube and like dollar bills are going flying and you're trying to catch them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of, kind of has that kind of sound. Um, it yeah, also, kind of, it's almost circusy. Like the part yeah. right now is kind of like, I, it sounds like a circus. To be mm -hmm, blunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I kind of love that oompa-pa bass, you know, almost polka, like fast forward polka bass. Um, it reminds me of, what is the track? It is um, Springfield Butte from Simpsons Arcade. Has very oh, much that wow. same kind of oompa-pa bass thing. The rest of the track has almost nothing in common, but that bass is very similar between them. Um, I've never played this game. I've seen pictures of it. It you know looks like kind of one of those. Uh, it almost reminds me of uh, Bomberman, although I know the mechanic is different. Yeah, it visually looks like Bomberman, but it's, it's a different style game. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, in Japan, in Japan, it was a they reskinned it in Japan because I guess this one was actually the original because the arcade uh, was it Hori, uh, Hori Hori no Booby Kids or something like that uh, was was this. And then they reskinned the Japanese version to feature Doraemon. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a lot in America too where, you know, like uh, the 7-Up game is a reskin. I didn't know that. What was it originally? It was... So Cool Spot was originally some character in Japan. It was like maybe a Birdman type of character. It's some, I'm, I'm trying to it wrong, but it was not the 7-Up Spot logo. Okay. But then they just put pop stuff in. And like in television had some games also where they started a game and then they got a license. So they just stuck the license character in the game they were they were already working on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that in the eighties too. Yeah. I did know about a little bit of that. Um so Black Belt on the Master System was actually originally a Hokuto no Ken Fist of the North Star game. But at the time, they didn't think, well, nobody's going to know Fist of the North Star in America. But if we just take some random karateka and a gi, then they'll like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of that. Yeah, it's the opposite in America now, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Uh, what's your next track? All right, so this is my um, obligatory uh, Falcom track. Um, actually, last episode, I did not have any. I don't, no, two episodes ago. So uh, this is uh, Gurman. It's another multi-platform game. It's on PSP, 3DS, and PC. And this is uh, the Shopping District theme. And its uh, composer is uh, Hayato Sonata.
All right, yeah, shopping district theme from Guruman. This is a um, sort of action RPG. It's le it's more action than RPG, really. Um, very, it's a hard game to describe because it's it's very very weird. Um, the soundtrack is great. Soundtrack's very very perky. Most of the songs are, you know, a mix of um, kind of perky stuff to some. I won't say metal, but some like heavier tracks. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny in your, in your channel one episode last year, you featured a track from Gurderman and I came so close to picking that exact same track for this episode. And, and I suppose okay. now is a good, as a good time as any to say our rule for nerd noise radio channel two is outside of retrospectives to not feature anything that has previously appeared in channel two, but that's just channel two, a, a, a track that's been featured in channel two can be featured in channel one and vice versa. And, so it would have been it would have been legal to feature that Guterman track on on this one. In fact, of my seven tracks of today, only two of them have never been featured on Channel One before. Now, granted, okay. most of them most of them were featured like way back in the first half of 2017, so long enough ago that no one will remember. But yeah, I I only brought two all new tracks to this episode. Um, also, um, another thing that I'll mention now is. Because of the mic, because of the new mic, I wanted to have a chance to test record with Hugh. At the beginning, before every episode, we meet before it to figure out run order, and that's never recorded. But we did record it uh, this time so I could compare the mics. And I, I ended up ex excising a couple little bits of the conversation, but most of the conversation I still have, the music in the background and all that stuff. And so um, after this releases, as a Channel F bonus, I'm going to go ahead and release uh, an abbreviated version of our conversation. So you can kind of hear the behind the scenes stuff. This is what you're going to hear is basically what happens every episode and you just never get to hear it. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about this track? No, no I like this one a lot too. I, I was also debating saving it in case I ever want to do like a town music episode, but uh, decided not to. There's really just one town in the game and then a series of dungeons. It's sort of a, I mean, calling it a dungeon crawler isn't really accurate, but that's kind of what it is. You're, you're, running through a series of dungeons throughout the game. Okay. And there's a central sort of hub town in, in where you buy cakes and other upgrades. Okay. Okay. Um, you buy a lot of cake in the game. Sure. Well, and doesn't cake show on the cover art prominently? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cake, a lot of chocolate. That's kind of like your main healing items. Okay. Well, you're fighting enemies, you just eat an entire cake. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Breath how... of the Wild's a little more absurd. Like, you know, Link will be like parachuting, paragliding off a mountain. And you're like, oh, I think I'll just eat like an entire turkey leg right now or whatever. Yes. Yes. Or there's the whole Streets of Rage thing where you find a whole turkey in, under a trash can and that's that's good for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love uh, how ridiculously food is treated in video games. Um, so... I guess the only thing I would say about this track is just how bouncy it is, how vibrant it is, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it makes me want to play this game. When we were doing that pre-recording thing, you were telling me how this game was super duper discounted on the 3DS shop. And so I immediately went and looked and guess what? It wasn't discounted anymore. So I didn't. Oh, we it. missed it. Okay. We missed it. You missed, missed it. Yeah. It. Yeah. It was right when the 3DS shop was discontinued, the publisher for this game, who in the U S is, I don't know, some random company. Um, marked it down to you know a dollar or something insane for a, a few days and maybe they'll do it again you know before the, the shop officially closes but 
it gets discounted on Steam a lot too. You know, it's it's a fairly short game. You know, it's it's a little bit. If you play a lot of Falcom games, you're maybe expecting something like East or Legend of Heroes, and other than like the lead character resembling a character from Legend of Heroes, it's sort of not really related to either series at all. Okay, um, so you said the game's on Steam. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go add it to my Steam yeah. wish list. Something to play on the deck. Yeah, it's on everything. It was originally a PSP game. It's it's from that weird era where Falcom decided to build for PSP first. Like they only develop for one system at a time, and then everything else is handled by like companies that license the game. And this is from their their weird PSP era, where okay. they decided that was going to be their main system. Now they produced a lot of great games on PSP. It's weird to choose PSP as your main development system. That's the weird part. You know, it was uh yeah, I guess so. Well, it was it was uh, really popular for quite a while. So, yeah. all right. Well, I'm going to look into buying that game when I get the deck. Uh, but let's go on to our next track. Our it, next it, track it doesn't work on Steam Deck. It doesn't. No, it does not. Okay, that's fine. It does not. That's fine. Hopefully, it'll make it there someday. Maybe it will in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So that's one one thing I am excited about for the Steam Deck is how it's going to be a catalytic propellant for gaming on Linux. You know, if this thing is really popular, then it adds more incentive for developers to to get that stuff going. So, yeah. um, okay, so my next track is uh, Stage 1-2 from Jumping Flash 2 on the PS1 composed by Takeo Minatsu. So let's check it out.
Okay, and that was stage one, two from Jumping Flash 2. What does this track do for you, Hugh? Well, you know what? We, maybe we talked about this in that recording session that you mentioned, but honestly, like this and the previous song could just be mixed together into one song, I feel like. Like it's a really smooth transition between these two. Like if there was a game and you were going from like one shopping area, it's like another part of town and the music just changed from that theme to this one. I don't think it would be very jarring. No, no, those, in fact, that all, this almost might be our best transition of the whole day. Yeah. Um, so I love what happens here in just a couple seconds. You've got this, it slows down and then it picks back up. Yeah, this part. Yeah. Then we're back. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love when stuff like that happens. Um, this track is so joyous. And, and now I've had the privilege of playing this game, so I know what's happening in the game context. You played Jumping Flash too, haven't you? No, I've not. I have never played this game. Okay, you've played Jumping Flash one. I've not played anything called Jumping Flash. Okay, all right. It's uh, it's a it's a cutesy game. You're it's a three D um, first person perspective where you're kind of this rabbit robot, and you get to have these like insane jumps, and you're looking down at the ground when you're you know jumping and all this stuff, and this part of the game is so cute. You're rescuing these creatures called Moo Moo's and they just, you know, Moo Moo, Moo Moo, you know, and you're trying to find them and all that stuff. And and all the bad guys are like cutesy and there's like candy everywhere and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of fun. And so I can't, yeah, I can't hear this and not think of those Moo Moo's. It's, if you find a game for cheap, you should really pick it up. Um, musically, I don't have much else to say. I love... The bass isn't like overly strong, but I love how warm it is. Yeah. 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 Wonder these the, the first the first jumping flash is not on the PlayStation Classic, is it? Why did I think it was? I don't think it is. I'll look at that. Yeah, look that up because I don't I don't I don't have the PlayStation Classic. So I don't know. Yeah, they went from super cheap to super expensive. So like Yeah. Everyone they got marked down to like half off. Kind of near the beginning of uh pandemic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then all the like modders bought them and now they're back to being expensive because the only ones you can buy are like on Craigslist or eBay and they include like a bunch of pirated games. Of course. Um, so what minis do you have? What minis do you have? Sorry, start over. <laughs> what I, mini I systems do you have? Like men- Oh, mini systems. Thank you. Um, I kept hearing minions. No. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't have any minions. Oh, I buy... I'm a complete sucker for these mini systems. So I have the NES Classic, the Super Nintendo Classic, the TurboGrafx Classic, um, the the PlayStation Mini, all the Atari flashbacks. I'm not going to buy the Atari VCS, but um, a lot of the terrible act games, Mini Genesis clones, I have a lot of those too, even though they're just garbage. I, I have to stop buying those. Okay. Um, they... The only nice thing about the ACT games is they typically either have like an SD slot or a cartridge slot, so you can play like very badly emulated versions of your favorite Genesis games. <laughs> I, I actually was using that when I was writing a Genesis demo. I was first testing on ACT games because it had an SD slot and I, I didn't buy an EverDrive yet. Okay. And that was a horrible mistake because I spent so much time like, why does my game look terrible? Why does this thing sound terrible? Why does it play? Like, why is everything terrible? And then I realized... Oh, I'm not the problem. At games is the problem. <laughs> well, and even if you got it working well on at games, it might not work well on the real thing. 
Right, yeah, there are like some there are some hacks you can do to make it work better on at games, but they literally crash a real Genesis. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, obviously I don't have examples with programming, but you know, when I was doing this whole mic test thing, um, I was trying my hand at proper post-processing because I've never done that before. Before now, it was always just volume and maybe a little bit of noise reduction. But now I'm doing okay. a much more robust post-production. So that's going to be a big factor in how, why we sound so different too. But, but um, when I was doing this uh, the first time, I was using really crappy headphones that didn't have great sonic, you know, great uh, EQ response. And so I got the mic sounding great on this headphone. And then I went and listened to it in the car and almost blew my speakers out because there was way too much bass on the, you know, way too much bass boost. So I know the, I know the principle there. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you what minis I have and then we can move on to the next track. I have the NES mini, the Super NES mini, the Genesis mini, the TurboGrafx mini, and, and the uh, Commodore 64 mini. Oh, yeah, I have that too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the mini. Com I have the Commodore 64 Maxi. It's the one that has, actually has a functional keyboard. Oh, yeah. M Maxi, they call it, they actually call it that? No, I called it that. I just oh, okay. made that name up right now. Okay, okay, okay. Because it's yeah. bigger and has a, has, a full, has a keyboard built in. I didn't like the mini because I didn't. If I'm, I bought it mostly so I could learn um, 6502 programming, but okay. I haven't let, yet uh, used it for that. Okay, all right. Um, I'm really excited about this upcoming Amiga Mini. Are you planning on getting that? No, because I've not used my Commodore Mini nearly enough. Okay. You okay. would think, because I do a lot of 68K development just as a hobby, I would be interested in porting my stuff to Amiga, but for whatever reason, I'm not. I had, an, I actually owned an Amiga back in the day, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I just want to move on to a new retro experience instead. Sure. Something completely different. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have I logged many hours on the Amiga, so I feel like I've I feel like I've uh, sufficiently Amiga over the course of my life. Okay, but the Amiga is the one system that I own that I own absolutely zero games for. So I have one, but I can't play one. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. So what's your next track? Um, I'm gonna do another PSP game. So Persona Three Portable. This is a very expensive game. I just saw it at a half price books for like $100. Um, so I don't have this. I'm hoping it eventually gets ported to something that I can play. And this is called After School. And the composer is Soji Meguro, who does all the Persona games.
So yeah, Persona 3 Portable After School. Now, again, I haven't played it, but the Persona games, at least starting with 3, are very formulaic. So I'm assuming you're a high school student who uh, attends classes and does after-school clubs and then fights demons in a parallel universe. Because of course. Uh, because of course. Because that's how all the games work. Sure. And... This is probably the part after school where you're going and you're doing like bonding events with your friends is my assumption. Okay. Yeah. It definitely sounds like it. And I'll be honest, I think this I think this might be my favorite of your tracks of the day. Okay. Yeah, I like this one a lot too. When we get to the best of uh, season two, probably count this one out for you getting to pick your own tracks because uh, I'll probably yeah. have it picked first. Um, I love how... Um, you know, especially that, the big kind of horn blast, you know, mm-hmm. that just, yeah, it really has that, you know, you, I mean, we've been out of school for decades, but getting out of school, that feeling of freedom. And I think this really captures that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to high school in like the late eighties into early nineties, so it would be different music playing, but, uh, yes, it's <laughs> be like, yes, yes, totally. Um, and then you got that organ, you know, that organ is so common in persona music. Don't that's, that kind of adds to the signature of it also. Um, so, so my next track is kind of the beginning of, it's kind of a departure. Um, it takes us back into chippy stuff and, uh, Originally appeared in Nerd Noise Radio Channel 1, Episode 2, back in, like, January of 2017. So, it is a nice day from Spin Dizzy 2 on the Sharp X68000, composed by Toshiaki Yamanaka and or Tetsuya Nakano. Let's give it a listen.
Okay, and that's nice day. It is a nice day, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's not snowing, you know, that's a plus. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, well, I actually was talking about the track. The track is a, it's a nice day. It is nice, yeah. It, what's, it, this, this track kind of drives me insane because <laughs> there is another song for a completely different game that sounds very, very similar to this, but I can't pick it. Like, I feel like I'm going to listen to every game soundtrack I have to find this song that sounds like this. Well, if you find it, I definitely want to know which one it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... Like, this part, it's, it just sounds so familiar. And I, I haven't listened to Spin Dizzy, too, until you know, it's been on your show before. Um, yeah, this part, too. Yeah, it's so familiar. This is my favorite part. This nice kind of little solo over top. You know, it's so, you know what it makes, you know what it reminds me of? Um, and this is almost definitely not what you're thinking of, but the opening credits to the PS2 game Fantavision, where you've got the little sequence where like the mailman brings the little girl the game and it's got that kind of jazzy music. Um, you ought to take a second to listen to that while this is playing and see if that's what you're thinking of. Spin Dizzy, so what, it's called Spin Dizzy 2, really. Mm-hmm. Moby Games might, seems to call it Spin Dizzy Worlds, I think. Well, I think there were ports. I think like there was a Super Nintendo port called Spin Dizzy Worlds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I, I wonder how credible Moby Games is. This is the problem. You know, they got bought by the company that calls themselves Atari. And it makes me wonder how, it, like, only because I think that company's incompetent, it makes me wonder, like, what's going to happen to Moby Games. Well, I, I have that worry too, especially considering Moby Games is my number one go-to for composer information. Yeah. They're always kind of my first stop. So, you know, hopefully if nothing else, they don't mess up the old stuff. You know, like maybe they mess up the stuff going forward, but hopefully the old stuff stays the way it is. Um, there's a... Yeah, this reminds me of something in particular, and I can't think of what it is either. It's, I don't think it's a game, though. Um, hmm. It could just be like there's some source material that they're all ripping off that we are unaware of. Could be. Um, well, so it, if you listen to the piece side by side, the two sound absolutely nothing alike. Absolutely nothing alike. But in terms of kind of the vibe, and especially the weird sound of the bass, I'm actually mm -hmm. getting little bits of... Um, the theme song to the joy of painting with Bob Ross. I mean, the, the, the melody sounds nothing alike. I mean, the, the pieces sound nothing alike, but the vibe, I'm getting a little bit of that vibe from it. Hmm. I, I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. Um, it's great. I love that track. I've, I've listened, I've spent periods listening to that piece on repeat one. Um, well, this this track does mellow things out just a little bit. It's a little little bit chiller. It's not chill, but it's a little bit chiller. It's a little less boisterous and bouncing than what we've had. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's important is because it, it paves the way to take us to our chillest track of the day, which is your next one. What do you got? Yeah, I went with a game I played recently, Doki Doki Literature Club. Okay. And uh, this is Dreams of Love and Literature, and the composer is Dan Salvato.
Yeah, this is definitely the least dancey of all the games um, or all the tracks we picked. Uh, definitely cute though. Yeah, well, this is has the, the initial kind of like drum intro. Yeah, well, this is the slow dance. This is where you hold your yeah. partner close, you know, and whisper ridiculous things to them. Um, yeah. You know, like, did you remember to put money in the parking meter kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I love this track, uh, but I love, so you've played this game at like- I, I have, yeah. I, I actually went through and I played it enough to get what is what is considered the good ending, as okay. good as the game can have in it for an ending. Okay. So do we, I, I've only played like five, 10 minutes of it. I'm not going to spoil the game. I'll just say like the game is not like the, the cover of the game, like how the game outwardly presents itself is very different than what the game is actually about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without blowing the punchline, it's, it starts off really cutesy, really innocent. And then it takes this amazing turn. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've only played 10 minutes or so of the game, but I read an article that spoiled it. So I get, I know the gist of, of what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I think it's a really well done game. Um, it's short, you know, so I, you know, take that into account when you decide to buy it. You know, um, I enjoyed it a lot, and the soundtrack is is pretty solid. And I'll probably feature. There's like a second. They added when they did like a re-release of it. They added a bunch of like side stories, and there's a different composer and, and kind of different music, and some of that stuff is really great too. Okay. Um. Well, I without spoiling it, I think it's one of the most amazing examples in all of video games of something that gives you this certain impression up front and then completely change, flips the script on you as you get into it. Like it may yeah. be, from that perspective, this may be the single best game in all of video game, period. So if that sounds, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. If yeah. it sounds, if that sounds interesting. I understand. Well, like, like Chrono Trigger does a little bit of that too. Like Chrono Trigger starts off where you think it's a game about, like you think it's like a basic kind of rescue the princess game. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it also has like a, a, a pretty sharp plot twist early on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I see. I can't, I can't really defend my position without spoiling it, without spoiling it, mm -hmm. but I, yeah. Yeah. Well, g listeners. Well, let's move on to the decide. next game then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's a, it's a game with a good plot twist. If I was to make a list of games with good plot twists, it would definitely be on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so another first for this episode, we've a handful of times, I think the past three episodes, we've built our episode theme and our episode track selection around just one track. And it would be a collaborative thing. You know, it'd be, um, uh, we'd someone pick a track and then we would, discuss potential themes that we could base around that track and then go from there. Well, up until now, every one of those tracks have been Hue tracks. We built tracks yeah. around a track that Hue brought. And, and this is the first time that we did that with a track that I brought. And this is the track that the entire episode's based around. It brings us back to the Lovely Planet universe. And this is their latest installment, Lovely Planet Remix also available on multiple platforms. This one is composed, instead of being composed by Kalen Bowen, this one's composed by Satsuma Audio. And the name of the track is Crystal Breeze Springs. So let's give it a listen.
Okay, and that's Crystal Breeze Springs from Lovely Planet Remix. Um, I, God, I love this track. There's yeah, like this part that just kicked in right now. This is where I got the title from. I'm like, yeah, this is just like a super cute dance party song. Yes, yes, all the cute little uh, chibi animals and like you know animatrop anamorphic food items just all kind of dancing together in like some yeah. flower meadow or something. Um, a lot of flashing lights. Oh, I could put my flashing lights on. Hold on. You probably can't see them, though. I have, like, LED lights in here, and there is, like, a flashing party mode on them. Oh, oh I have to that's... turn off the main lights to see anything. I see them. I see them in I the I should distance. have had these going the whole time. Yes, you should have. Um, yeah, I just... God, this might be my favorite track of the day. Um, I. It was after we recorded our last episode. I had just downloaded the game on my desktop, and as soon as we were done recording, I just played for a little bit, just for, for yucks. And uh, I immediately felt so happy, so happy just because of the, you know, the cutesy graphics and this amazing music. And I listened to the rest of the soundtrack. It's There's not a bad track in there, but there's, there's a couple other tracks that I think I would say I like as much as this one, but there's a lot that I don't like nearly as much. Um, but you know, it's the game is pretty cheap. If you've not played it, you should get it on Steam. And the the system requirements to run it are so low. I was able to run it on my laptop, and it's not a gaming laptop. Okay. So I I don't like playing games on my laptop. I don't like the form factor. Now, for a game, for a game like um, Doki Doki Literature Club, that probably is a game that I probably would like better on my laptop. But most games, I don't like playing on the laptop format. It's it's not a it's not a macrocosm of portable gaming. It's a microcosm of desktop gaming, and I just it's not for me. Um, but I did try running it on it just to see if it'd work, and yeah, it did. Um, so our next track takes us in a wild direction change too. Sorry, I was eating another cough drop. So oh, that's okay. Trying not to hack the death on the. Uh... Sure. Yeah, so um, I don't know. Is this the first time we've featured an unreleased game? Yes. Well, on Channel 2 anyway, yes. Okay, okay. So I'm uh, I'm going with uh, Sonic Crackers. Um, Electoria is the name of the track. And it's by uh, Junko Shiratsu or Masato Nakamura.
Yeah, Sonic Crackers. This is, um, it was, I think it was originally, I mean, a lot of people think it's the prototype for um, Knuckles Chaotix, and I guess it kind of is. This was for Sega Genesis, not 32X, though. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's this unreleased prototype that hit the internet sometime, geez, I think I first played in the late 90s, probably. It's been around and, that long. Uh, it doesn't have a huge soundtrack, but what it has is pretty good, and I don't think this was used in, in a later game. No, this track, a, a, a version of this track did make Knuckles Chaotix. Okay. Um, and that's why I thought so. That's why I asked. And, and the thing that tripped, the thing that tipped me off, as we were talking about 32X audio earlier, um, prim the 32X primarily just relies on the Sega Genesis based sound hardware. Um, and a lot of games just stick to that. I mean, my favorite 32X soundtrack by a long shot, uh, Cosmic Carnage, is pure Genesis. But uh, Knuckles Chaotix does add uh, 32X. It uses 32X for the percussion. And what that... And, and it frees up an extra FM channel for FM voices. Um, and this sounds just like that, except it's it's obviously using Genesis, the Genesis sampler channel for the audio. So um, now Sonic Crackers, the game, does the, I, I've never looked this up. Does the game play like a proto Knuckles Chaotix or is it literally just a yeah. completely different game? No, it plays like a Knuckles Chaotix um, prototype. Okay. All right. So Knuckles, does, yeah. Yeah. Knuckles Chaotix was originally going to be a Genesis game. It sounds like then. Probably. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what happened. Um, assuming Sega started, started working on the system and then decided to bump it up to the 32X. Okay. Um, it's not, I mean, I, I don't care for that style of, of game that much. Like what they did with the weird, like tethering system. I just, it's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will definitely concede. It's not the best Sonic game. I think I like it better than you do, but I, um, yeah. it's not it's not a great game, uh, qua game. But as a as an audio visual experience, it's actually pretty amazing. And I wonder how that would have translated to a base Genesis. I guess I should just go look up the demo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to find this uh, this prototype on the internet. You can, you know, give it a whirl. Um, depending on what emulator you use, it might crash. But I'm trying to remember now, I, I don't. It either crashes or it's just not very long. Or worst case scenario, I can just go look up a YouTube video of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next track was um, originally featured on C1E4 in February of 2017. It was actually the track that opened the episode. And it's our second time on Channel 2 hearing from this game. Uh, it is stage one from Chip Chan Kick on the PCFX. And once again, I have to go hunting for the composer information. I'll have it on the backside. So let's give it a listen.
Okay, and this is stage one from Chip Chain Kick on the PCFX. And the composers are Hitoshi Sakamoto and or Masahara Iwata. I love this track. Mm-hmm. That big swell right there. that Right at the beginning, that big swell. Uh, this track is so fun, but then that adds just a little bit of meat to it. Yeah, it's a little bit spacey, kind of. Yeah, it is. It is. This definitely, I mean, and this is, you know, we talked about how the Lovely Planet games are trying to invoke that PS1 Saturn sound. And this is that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and it's it's not an imposter. It's not it's not a retro thing. It's this is a piece of the time and it really has that feel. I'm tempted to say that era of music is my favorite era in all VGM. I'm, I, I won't swear to it. I won't, I won't commit to it, but I'm really tempted to say that. I just love this vibe. That era where, where people are kind of like experimenting with Red Book Audio for the first time? Yeah. I mean, look, there's some really bad stuff from that era because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people had a better idea of what they could do with, this, with the technology than what they should do with the technology. You know, like that that piece from uh, what is the uh, Escape from Monster Manor on the 3DO, where you've got the background okay. music and you've got the little voice. That it, it, I think they're going for like a Vincent Price kind of thing, but it's obviously not a professional actor. It's like Larry from Accounting. You know, let's just bring Larry from Accounting down and have him talk it to a mic. You know, but it's like tread carefully now, just over and over again. You know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But um, but yeah, then you had like absolute gems like this. And I suppose we don't need to talk about the game too much because we talked about it in uh, Nihon Dake Day where we featured. So uh, when I brought this, he was, like, he was like, so is this one of your favorite soundtracks? I'm like, no, there's exactly two tracks in this game that I really love. And now we're hearing, now we've heard both of them. So Yeah, I was expecting to hear like the whole soundtrack over time. No, I mean, there's a couple of decent tracks. It's it's not inconceivable that we'll come back to it again, but it's not likely we'll come back to it. We There's these two absolute gems and we've already we've already shared them. So... Um, this one definitely has a lot more energy than the other one. This is a great stage one theme too, you know, because a lot of times with a stage one, you want it open with a bang. Mm -hmm. And I think this does that. Um, but I think that's all I, I think that's really all I have to say about this. Is there anything you want to say before we go on to probably our greatest departure of the entire episode? Yeah. Yeah, no, nothing else. Yeah, I'd say the next song is maybe the most dancey but the least cute game on the list track on the list i absolutely agree with that description and uh yeah this is uh shakedown hawaii kind of an indie game i guess um i think it's technically the last wii u game at least with the physical release okay and uh this track is called close make the man and the composer is uh matt creamer and to the listener uh, this one opens with a like opens with a weird note, and so instead of using doing the typical fade out, we're going to do a hard cut so you can hear that note. Um, so anyway, yeah, sorry. Let's give it a listen.
yeah, Shakedown Hawaii, the sort of sequel to Ret Retro City Rampage. You know, kind of same game engine. Um, Story-wise, it's not the same, but the two games play a lot alike. We'll call it a spiritual sequel. Or actually, yeah. you know what we'll call it? Yeah. We'll call it a reusing of assets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, a, this is a really good game, and it, and it does have some weird distinctions, because like the, the developer ported it, again, did physical releases for, I believe, both the Wii and the Wii U. It's on everything else also, and it's on like everything, everything. Um, so it, it it has like the, the distinction, like I said, of being like the last physical Wii U game and in Europe, possibly the last physical Wii game. I don't think the U.S. got a physical Wii release. Okay. I didn't realize very, it's it was... It's very weird. It, it had something to do with where he could get the games printed. I, I don't remember the story. He they, he sent an email to people who follow him um, explaining the situation. It was very bizarre. That is really bizarre. I have played Retro City Rampage, but I've never played Shakedown mm -hmm. Hawaii. So... Now, does that game run on the Steam Deck? Because if it does, I think that might be one I pick up early. Um, I have not looked. But just knowing the developer's background, I think he would make it work if he didn't. Because this seems like a great game for a system like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically Retro City Rampage, but then it has like this um, real estate and business sim aspect to it. Okay. It's like you buy properties and then you... Um, Upgrade the properties, well, upgrade in quotes by, like, adding uh, convenience fees and other, like, tacky add-ons to the business. Now, is, isn't it kind of, um, and having never played the game, but I thought I got the impression that aspect is kind of like a, like a seedy underground kind of thing, like almost kind of the Breaking Bad of real estate, kind of? Is that kind of mm -hmm. the idea? Right, like, at one point you could buy a for-profit prison. <laughs> okay. Um, and you can, like add convenience fees to the prison and you can add gift cards to the prison <laughs> okay. like other other sort of like like shady business practices yeah it's, it's pretty funny okay well then yeah i'll definitely have to add that to my steam wish list um yeah i and you're right you're right you described this track perfectly it's the most dancey of the day and the least kawaii despite being yeah. hawaii I'm sorry, I have yes, to. Yes, but actually being in Hawaii, yeah. Well, it's yeah. one of, like, two Western composers, and most of the composers we, we picked, obviously, were... Um, well, maybe not two. I guess there's a couple more. Um, but we, we didn't have a lot of Western composers on, on this episode, probably because of the, of the theme. Mm hmm Yeah. Well, we've, you know, we spent so much time on the intro, and then we kind of blew through the rest. We're on my last track of the day. Um, mm -hmm. My last track of the day is a message from Nightopia from Nights into Dreams on the Sega Saturn composed by Nayafumi Hataya. So let's go ahead and give it a listen.
Okay, message from Nightopia, Nights into Dreams. This track was also used in the bonus, the pinball bonus stage in Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. Same track. And that, in fact, actually, that's, I didn't just, I mean, of course I had played Nights. You know, everyone played Nights. But I didn't discover this track in Nights. I discovered this track in Sonic Adventure. Um, um, I have not played Nights. This is why I said it's only like four games I played this whole episode. Okay. Um, I've listened to the soundtrack to Nights a lot. Mm-hmm. But I did not have it for the Saturn. And um, back to our, our running theme, I, I did get it in a bundle on Steam, but it does not work on Steam Deck. Ah, uh, fair. Okay. Well, that's okay. It's okay. Editor's note, two of two. Apologies once again for the crappy mic. As it turns out, Nights into Dreams plays perfectly on my Steam Deck. Um, I think this was one of the games that they really designed the uh, that huge, almost proto Dreamcast Saturn circle controller for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I bought. I've, I have four of those controllers new in box. Okay. I that was I one of my first eBay purchases, actually. Okay. Yeah, I back don't have eBay stuff. Back when stuff like that was cheap on eBay. Right. Back. Yeah. Well, what I wouldn't give to have the early two thousands back as a retro collector. You know. Yeah. Um, I was in my early 20s. I had more dollars than cents, as I like to put it. (laughs) And everything was cheap. And so I just hoovered up everything. I mean, I ended up with a Neo Geo in those days, right? You know, just... Oh, yeah. I mean, even then that was expensive, but I can only imagine how much more expensive it is now. So... Oh, I mean, I got got a 3DO with a bundle of games for $70. Mm -hmm. Um, Picked up a ton of Saturn. I got Saturn and a ton of stuff for like 40 Mm -hmm. early days. There's no one up here like Saturn. Who wants that? Yeah, well, so at the time I, at the time I thought, I have the means to buy all the games I wanted as a kid but could never have, mm-hmm. and so that's what I did. In fact, I'd say the majority of my current collection was bought during that period. And so you know now I, now I buy almost nothing because everything I want is either either a I have it or b it's becoming too expensive to justify. Mm-hmm. So my retro collecting is ground to a halt. When when uh, Trey and I were at JCD and Hobby, he bought himself a copy of Shadow Dancer, and all I ended up buying from ga- for games anyway was um, they had like a bargain bin, and there was PGA Tour '96 on the Genesis for two bucks. But everything, I mean, like okay. everything else was like fifty bucks, you know. So it's just it's just crazy how expensive things are anymore. And I don't have a lot of hope for that turning around. I mean, there was people prognosticating it like five years ago that, no, it'll come back down. People will get tired of hanging on to it and they'll start letting go of it and then it'll drop. But I don't know. I'm not really seeing that. Yeah, it will when uh, Gen Xers start dying off. (laughs) So all you have to do is outlive everyone else in your generation. Well, you know, um, I think I was born in 80. So I think that makes me the last year of Gen X. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I, I don't. I think like Jody was born in eighty one. I think she's technically a millennial, but I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm a hybrid between those two worlds. But yeah. But the point is, is when Gen Xers start dying off, I'll be probably close to kicking off too, and we'll probably have already sold off my collection to pay for like kids' college or something by then. Yeah. So. Oh well. Um, well, so before we get to the last track, let's do typical end of show business. Do you have any, uh, well, other than shouting out your show, we'll do that in a minute. Uh, do you have any any kind of end of show stuff? 
Um, let me think about that. Probably not. Um, other than my usual, you know, podcast and, and whatever else is it. I don't, I don't have anything new or interesting going on. I okay. mean, by the time this is out, like Midwest Gaming Classic already would have happened. And I don't know any other conferences that I'm going to this year yet. Okay. Uh, when is when is Midwestern Gaming again? Um, that's a good question. Last weekend of April. Okay, it's it's unlikely I'm going to be able to make it, but I I will try because it'd be Let it'd be neat to be out there. there. And... Yeah, the 29th through 31st of April. Okay. Okay, that's probably going to be pretty hard for me to make, but I will try because it'd be really great to get out there and see it, see you, and see everyone else out there. So, yeah. Uh, well, they do it every year, and they actually expanded this year. It's actually even a bigger show than it was previously, so that, that's a good sign. Okay. Okay. Um, well, so my my end of show stuff. Um, the only big announcement I have is. Um, Jody's been feeling really kind of overloaded and I'm trying to find ways to make myself more available to her and to the kids um, without like just putting the show on hold, certainly without canceling the show, but without putting the show on hold or breaking up our flow and cadence. So I've been looking for ways to kind of cut a little fat here and there <clears throat> while still keeping the show running. And um, one of the things I'm going to do, and I, and I apologize for this announcement, but one of the things I think I'm going to do is every year starting in 2018 we've had a best of the previous year and there's always been a two-parter it's been a listener picks and it's been a saint john's picks and the listeners have always been great they've always come through they've never failed to come through um but they've come through after i've come after them after i've pestered them right you know so um i think i'm gonna go ahead for at least for this year I'm going to cancel the listener picks of the best of. And I'm going to go ahead and I think also instead of C1E70 in December being a listener picks, I think I'm going to cancel that too just so we could keep the streamlined episodes going. Um, and then we'll hopefully have best of listener free picks. Or I'm sorry, we'll have the listener submission free picks for C1E80 in December of 2023 and C1E90 in December of 2024. Um, so the tracks that you guys have given me for those, I'll keep. I'll just hang on to them. For another year and um if there's a huge listener outcry you guys want the best of listener picks back we'll bring them back in 2023 for best of 2022 and if there's no big outcry then we'll probably just never bring it back uh so that'll be up to you guys to determine based on your feedback but for for best of 20 slash 2021 um for this year i don't think there's going to be a listener picks one and i've pre-scheduled a couple of reruns that have this little tack on saying get me tracks ignore that that's not going to be true this year anymore so um now i don't know if there's going to I, I told hugh he could do one and we're not sure if he's going to or not but if if he does then it'll be a part b or a part a if he gets his done first so that's up in the air there may still be a part two we'll find out together um i had mentioned in june that we're going to be a part of this uh no i didn't mention that um there's this great big collaboration with uh, the VGM podcast scene in June. And I don't know that I'm at liberty to divulge what the subject will be, so I'm not going to. But it's going to be like 10 or 15 different VGM podcasts, all doing shows on the same subject, all releasing in the same window. And Nerd Noise Radio is going to be a part of that. So um, 
C2E8, our next channel two, is going to be that theme. So if you know what the theme is, get excited now. Otherwise, just keep an ear out on the VGM Podcast Fans page or uh, VGM Podcast Fans group on Facebook and stuff will certainly come out about it there. Uh, I think that's all, everything I have for top of, or end of the show notes. Uh, let's go ahead and shout out our shows and let's go ahead and talk about our final track. Uh, you go first on your show. Uh, show, uh, what is it called? Oh yeah, Retro Game Club. It's a <laughs> podcast I do. It's on uh, Spotify and all the others. Um, we talk about, you know, a lot of homebrew and, and development projects and, uh, you know, our picks of the of the episode are, are like games we're interested in, in playing. Um, and then we, we try and feature like a project or, or idea um, each episode. So it's a fantastic show. It's uh, a lot of if you like a lot of yeah, a lot of like emulation pie ROM hacking kind of topics. Yeah, I, I think it's an amazing show. And if you haven't listened to it, listeners, you really owe it to yourselves to do that. It's a, it's a little tech, it's a little tech heady, which I like, but um, it's not so techy that it's going to put off an average listener. That's actually that's the, if I were to to find a way to summarize the absolute magic of that show, it's that it brings enough head, a tech head for the people who care, but keeps it low enough that the average person isn't going to be put off by it. Yeah, now that's all an artifact of me being too lazy to get really into the details on some things. <laughs> I believe that. Um, well, even if it's, even if you dumb locked into it, you've got the the magic formula there. So, um, Nerd Noise Radio Channel Two, you know all about it because you're listening to it. Uh, Nerd Noise Radio Channel One, of course, is a radio music program style show uh, where there's just bare minimum of talking at the intro and the outro and then uninterrupted music block in between our next episode is going to be a channel one it's going to release in may and it's going to be a very special theme it's actually going to be me playing with a common theme you know every year we have at least one two for tuesday it's a free play but in pairs and something i've been sitting on for the past couple years is a one-off a three for thursday and so it's going to be the exact same idea as two for tuesday but it's going to be three tracks per game and i was not able to self-control so outside, it's it's massive. Outside of uh, retrospectives, and outside of weird things like the C1E60 or the Golden episode, um, of I'll put it this way: of standard format Channel One episodes on ordinary occasions, this is the longest episode we've ever done. So be prepared for that. <laughs> um, but I love it. I love it, and I, I hope you will too. So stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah, Hugh. The last thing we have is to talk about our closer. Why don't you tell us what it is and tell us your thoughts? Yeah, it's kind of an odd one here. So this is from the PC Engine CD game Graduation 2. It's kind of hard to find real credits for it, um, but it was ported to other platforms, and on other platforms, the composer is listed as Asao Meizuguchi. Um, and I think the soundtrack is the same on all of them. And this is what I believe is the ending song. This is another unlocalized game. It's very difficult to play um, if, if you can't read Japanese. And it sounds like an ending. It's it just like I, the reason I think it's an ending theme is that it's the last song on the CD, uh, but it also just sounds like the ending to a game. Yes. Yes. And I think it's the perfect track to take us out. This, gosh, this may be our best closer of, of Channel 2, actually, of the history of Channel 2. It <laughs> just has that end feel to it, you know. So, um, 
lot of a lot of brass, a lot of um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what to say about it. It just has that perfect feel for the ending of a game, and the perfect feel for the ending of a super kawaii dance party. Mm-hmm. You know, the sun's starting to break the horizon. Everyone's going to go home and go to bed. And we had ourselves a fantastic time. And we hope you did too. Anything else you want to say before we cut out of here? Uh, No, just thanks for listening. that done now um this is going to be thursdays a thursday episode so and we're already on the 10th i mean am i in the wrong month no oh it's okay yeah right all right thank you for joining us dear listeners you are tuned to nerd noise radio channel two today's subject (sighs) (laughs) Uh, today's Thank you for listening. Thank you. For, oh my God. Uh, thank you for joining us, dear listeners. Today's episode. Oh my God. I don't know why this is so hard. Um, I'll look away. That'll help. No, actually, my eyes have been closed. That's the funny part. Um, <clears throat> thank you for joining us, dear listeners. This is Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, Nerd Noise Game Club. Today's broadcast is C2E7 for Theme Thursday, April 14th, 2022. April 21st, 2022. April 28th, 2022. 
<clears throat> so let's let's pause real quick here. Should we get the music going in the background so we can be listening while we talk? Uh, yeah, the first song. Yeah, first sure. song. Okay. Wait, okay. Hold on. Right. Three, Ready? two, one. Oh, and I have that way louder than I thought I did. <laughs> uh oh. Um, well, did somebody we froze up. You look frozen. I don't think it's me because my internet seems to still be working. You back? At least, at least we got the happy music while we're waiting. So I'll just uh, leave this out here for a little while. I think it'll be fine. Okay, we're back. All right, you're back. <laughs> the The recording on the Hangout was going the whole time. It's all fine. Okay. All right. Stuff happens. So we're good. So we're uh, so we were talking about the glitching Mortal Kombat two. Okay. So mm -hmm. yeah. So the voices like finish him are all thirty two X. Okay. So you wanted to hack the the thing to hope that makes sense. Oh, did we freeze again? Oh, you froze again. That's I what's think going we froze on. Again. I see. And yeah, we're back. Yeah. Yeah, you, you I was like, huh, I, I guess he has nothing to say about my Mortal Kombat observation. <clears throat> All right. What is going on? Is this Hangouts? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Well, you can barely see it. Actually, okay, Google, turn studio lights to 100%. All right, but first you have to unlock your device. Uh, never mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, okay, so we'll start recording. I'll do the edit, bring us back in. One, two, three. Okay, awesome. All right, three two, one. And I'll, I'll say real quick before you come back. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of reflexively kind of say the awesome after you are finished talking, just reflexively, uh, when we do the actual final production, I almost always cut those out. So you, you do usually get the last word on your tracks. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, take us in whenever. Three, two, one. It's so weird. We had all, I thought we had all this information populated. I wonder where, where it went. Maybe we didn't. Maybe. All right. Maybe we forgot to do it this time. Maybe. Okay. So I've got the composers though. So, um, let's go ahead and count back in. Okay. All right. Three, two, one.
I like to record straight into Audacity so it doesn't have competition. And then I am um, I'm using this crappy little headset to hear and talk to you. All right. Hold on a second. I'm finishing an email real quick. What's that? I'm finishing an email. Sorry. I have like a... I sound like hell, don't I? You you actually don't sound as bad as you would build yourself to sound. But I think that, like I said, I think that just adds to the charm of this sunshiny episode that we're both sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Actually, I don't feel that bad. It's like when you literally haven't had anything for two years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, oh, that's what... I remember this now. Okay, so... Um, I clicked my record on Audacity kind of early, so you have like... You can chop it, but there's like two minutes of me just talking through how to get a hangout started and then now's the part where I can't find the there's the record button there it is they hide it um it's going okay a little, little bit under the weather you know but um, I'll live Um, it's going okay. A little, little bit under the weather, you know, but um, I'll live. <clears throat> that's fine. I, that's an easy thing to cut out. And we, you know what? We talked about being sick. So I might not even cut the coughs out, you know. <clears throat> well... Okay, I'll look at it. I mean, I guess I'll cut out the ones that just happen in a vacuum. Um, there's ones where we actually reference back to the cough. I might leave that in. But otherwise, yeah, otherwise I'll cut it out. But anyway, I think this is perfect timing to end because I think I just heard Wyatt outside. <clears throat> ah, all right.